If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy. And you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. everyone. Welcome to Too Scary Didn't Watch, the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch for themselves. I'm Emily, and I'm too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Henley, and I'm also too scared. I'm Sammy. I like scary movies, and I like telling my friends about them. And that's what we do here. (laughs) And how are we doing? (laughs) Um, I'm doing great. We're on our fifth week of quarantine good lord is it really week five it is isn't it week five right that's right right um Uh, hard to say yeah i think it's been five weeks um (laughs) but i'm uh i i had an interesting experience where my high school organized um kind of (laughs) quote-unquote reunion zoom hangouts oh uh so they're not you know they're they're not by year just just you know in honor of the fact that we're all in quarantine why not have a good old awkward zoom meeting with <laughs> yeah why not a bunch of people let's you add that seen. to a list of things to be anxious about <laughs> in 12 years and one of my <laughs> one of my friends that i've stayed in touch with since high school was tasked with organizing it so she texted me and and really you know asked that i i joined um Otherwise, I probably would not have joined in uh, complete transparency. Anyway, it was just as awkward as you can imagine it was. Um, It's very strange to do a reunion on Zoom and see people you haven't seen in 12 years online and then go around the video conference and like introduce yourself and say where you are and what you're doing sounds like a nightmare (laughs) it was very odd video chats are like weirdly intimate is what i've discovered in this time because you're just staring at someone's face and they're staring right Mm -hmm. at your face and there's nowhere (laughs) else to look and it is like more intense than if you saw someone in person and everyone's in their living space. Everyone's like in their living room or wherever. So yeah. you get to see where they live, which is also intimate. Um, yeah, it's weird. It's really weird. So that, that's my thing for this week. A, a thing that I just did today that I haven't done yet in this quarantine time is I ordered wine online. Ooh, and I spent it. like $75 on two bottles of wine, which is yeah. incredibly, incredibly high for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's pricey. But I feel like I'm just losing track of what's normal and what's not normal. I've I absolutely lost track of all. Yeah, yeah I have no, so, there's no barometer for anything. But let me tell you why I bought one of these bottles of wine, the more expensive one. I literally bought it because it had a funny, crazy name. This wine list, I literally don't understand any of the words on it. It makes me feel very stupid. And so the name of this wine just intrigued me so much. It's called Maloof Scrambled Sticks Ribola Gialla <laughs> slash Tokai Fruliano slash 
Pinot Gris. The Pinot Gris, I understand, but <laughs> those other words in the beginning. Those I was words like, are so funny sounding. I, I gotta try this wine. What if <laughs> I was like, yeah, wine. I've had that. I've had that wine before. Oh, that mean, one? <laughs> I'm sure people have. What I hope is that it becomes your favorite kind of wine, Sammy, and then you have to give that description <laughs> to every bartender. I gotta get my Maloof scrambled sticks. Constantly <laughs> order it out. At when you're at <laughs> restaurants. Scrambled sticks. <laughs> oh, it's very funny. I'm um, so excited to hear how it is. But yeah, I'm I'm supporting my uh one of my favorite bars. I need bars to exist when this is all over. So I, I, I justified it by that. Because I don't have money for this. I completely agree. I also don't have money for I mean anything in this moment. Um, but I have been spending more I've not I I realized I partially am very paranoid to go to a grocery store, like more than I think I ought to be. So I haven't been to a grocery store since the week this began. So I guess that means five weeks. And I've been getting all of my grocery needs served by like local restaurants that have become bodegas of, mm-hmm. of the sort, mm-hmm. which has been great. But it is definitely more expensive than the grocery store. But, uh, but right. I'm also like, but they, I want them to stay open. And I, yeah, it's a complicated time. And I think that, yeah, if we're going to spend money, just give it to the place that, that matters to you, that you want to stay open, hopefully. Yeah. Support your local when businesses. When all of this ends, support your local businesses. Emily, how was your week? Well, I t- grew older. <laughs> mm, <laughs> it was your birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. We birthday. all are growing older every day. Thank you so much. Um, we're, it, You know, kind of weird to have a birthday in quarantine, but also, honestly, fine. Kind of, Kind of nice. Um, I talked to lots of good friends, you know, that it was, it was nice. Um, my boyfriend pretend brought me to the Madonna Inn, my favorite Aww. place on earth by just putting up a big picture of their dining room on his <laughs> TV screen and having a pink cake. And it was really delightful. Was so cute. And, an, but another thing I did in quarantine and in anticipation of my birthday is I cut my own hair, which you both know. <laughs> <laughs> I think you did an amazing listeners, job. It looks great. It looks Thank you so really much. good. I'm impressed. I, a thing about me is if I decide I'm going to do something, there's zero percent chance I won't do it. And yeah. I had I wanted like to cut my hair before my birthday and was like, well, I'm cutting it myself then because I can't go anywhere. Right. And and it was fun and I don't regret it. So I think it looks great and I'm incredibly impressed. Thank you. Um, and that's what's up. That's what's and, up. And that's life. what's up. And that's what's up. Um, another thing that is up is <laughs> I watched one of my favorite movies this week um, called Mandy. Yay. And it came out in 2018, directed by Panos Kosmatos. That's a cool name. Cool name. Co-written by Aaron Stewart on, starring Nicolas Cage, uh, Andrea Riseborough, and Linus Roach. And just because I feel like they need shout outs, the cinematography is Benjamin Loeb and the composer is Johan Johansson in his very last film that he did before he died. Oh, yeah. I forgot he died. That's so sad. How did he die again? I think maybe an overdose. Mm. He was young. He was he was was so talented. It's really sad. This score is so fucking good. And yeah, it makes you so sad because he had so much more to do i feel like i was just like god damn it it made me really sad um but he fucking hit it out of the park with this score hit it out of the park and this and you are a big 
big Nicolas Cage fan in general. I have been Nicolas Cage twice for Halloween. Um, one time, <laughs> <laughs> one time I was was uh, red from Mandy, um, and Jenna was the titular Mandy, and nobody knew who we were, but we did do a very good job. You did a very good job. I have not seen the movie, obviously, but I've I've seen pictures, and you guys did a very very good job. Thank you. I was proud. I was proud to be seen with you guys at that party. I was like, wow, they really did it strong. I was Henley Justin was Bieber. Justin Bieber. <laughs> you were Justin Bieber. That was really, really good. And the thing that was funny was there was someone else who was dressed up as a barbecue dad. And uh, we were wearing the exact same outfit. <laughs> <laughs> so Justin Bieber's style is barbecue dad. It's like long white socks and shower shoes and um, like a butt- short sleeve button down. Um. Um, We all looked fantastic. Um, But the other time I was Nicolas Cage, I was Peter Lowe from Vampire's Kiss. But again, nobody knew who I was, which for that one, I guess it's like a deep cut Nicolas Cage film from the 80s. Um, So I guess I can't be too mad. But again, I just ended up looking like... Um, a man covered in blood for Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everybody. It is cocktail hour, and this week's cocktail is a gin and tonic cage. (laughs) It's so stupid. Um, But it's still quarantine times, and we don't have a ton of ingredients, so we're keeping it simple. A classic. Uh, You're going to combine two ounces of gin with four ounces of tonic water. Stir and garnish with a lime wedge. Oh man, just just a real classic drink that's as universally beloved as Nick Cage himself. Cheers. Um, I've got a little trivia. Yeah, trivia. So this movie had a unique release distribution situation because it was released on VOD and in cinemas the same day, which happens sometimes, but it's usually when they don't think it's going to be great, like it's scheduled to be in the cinema for just a week or so. Mm. But this movie, as it was in theaters, got so much word of mouth that people were petitioning it to be in more theaters. So it ended up expanding its one week theater run that was supposed to be in like super, super limited theaters. To, it just kept like opening wider and wider and going That's to cool. more theaters and for longer. And I think it ended up playing for about two months. Wow. I feel like you never hear about success stories like that. Yeah, because it's fucking good. And it's very much it. Sh- I feel like it should be seen on a big screen. I feel very sad that I'll never get to see this movie for the first time again in theaters. Like it was such a fantastic theater experience i'll remember it forever <laughs> wow gosh i can't imagine feeling that way about this movie but I guess <laughs> just gonna have to, uh... um i thought i had more trivia but i guess that i don't but it's okay it's okay because this movie's long and we should probably get into it okay i'm so excited to hear about this movie but i'm also really scared let's watch the trailer i'm excited okay let's watch it I'm ready oh my god you're a special one mandy i too I'm a special one. Let us be so very special together. So what you gonna do with that man? I'm going hunting. So what you hunting? It's crazy evil. Oh, 
you're so in love. I'll show you love. the cosmic darkness. It glowed from within. Strange and eternal. What? Oh, baby. Okay, I am so excited to hear about this film because... It's not your traditional horror movie. It's not like a it's not going to have all the same setups, all the same tropes, all the same stuff you see in a lot of these horror movies that's used over and over again that kind of signals you to what's actually going to happen. It's definitely feels like it's going to be surprising and out of the box and I'm excited to hear about it. This movie is unlike any other movie you'll ever see. I guess I'd never seen this trailer and I I didn't really know much about this movie, I guess, because I I remember when it came out thinking, I might go see Mandy. Like, I remember saying to, I think to Joel, like, I I think I might see Mandy. He was like, no, (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you should. And how could I ever see this movie? It looks so insane. There's a man who is... Wearing a suit of knives? What is he? It's crazy. It's it's very wild. This movie is incredibly visual and crazy. And I'm very nervous to have to describe it because so much is visual and mood and music. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm going to do I'm going to do my best. I believe in you so much. I, I love this movie so much. So hopefully that comes through. <laughs> I would like to I wanted to read out loud one of these quotes. Oh, from the trailer, which mm. is um, Bill. I can't I literally can't read what his name says because it's too small. But someone from the village voice said um, it's insanely violent and ethereal ethereally beautiful yes i always find it really interesting when critics decide to um conjoin violence and beauty together it happens a lot (laughs) henley this movie does it it does it (laughs) that's exactly right he hit the nail on the head it is ethereally beautiful and insanely violent that's true it's a fact wow i mean i'm scared but intrigued it's so crazy it's like an acid trip it's horrifying it's beautiful it's really sad i cried i laughed it's it's surprisingly funny i yeah this is the hill i will die on this movie is fantastic and everyone should see it <laughs> great okay so let's get into it oh a- another thing that that may help in some of the visualization is that uh one of the things i heard about this movie or the inspiration that Panos had for it is that he wanted it to be like a death metal album cover come to life. Okay, cool. So it definitely has Whoa. that vibe. So we It's the bleakest time of the year, so you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet, so you get a box of the market's best quality wines however often you'd like, 
for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Start with like a metal song and some uh, like a poem comes up on screen that says, when I die, bury me deep, lay two speakers at my feet, wrap some headphones around my head and rock and roll me when I'm dead. Which, in my opinion, has nothing to do with the movie at all. That doesn't really fit with anything that happens in the movie. But other than the, like, death metal cover come to life influence. Sounds fucking cool. It is fucking (laughs) cool. Okay, so then we see Nicolas Cage. His character's name is Red. And he is a logger. We see some slow shots kind of overhead of the forests that he lives in. The location is never said. It's all very kind of surreal and almost storybook like. There's no there's no city anywhere. You're not really anchored to any location, but it is in um, 1983. We are given a year. Um, It shows him taking, I think, a helicopter back home afterwards with the crew and someone offers him a beer and he 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 goes no thanks puts his little hand up no thanks and then we see uh, mandy in their house drawing she's doing some sort of storybooky illustrations and he comes oh and and then we get a title card that says the shadow mountains um so he comes home what I wrote in my notes here is Red comes home. Their love is pure and good. <laughs> like he's just wow. really, he's really sweet to her. They'd like touch each other tenderly. I, I, they're just like, they're just really sweet. And I love them a lot. Um, 
pure and good. Pure and good. Their love is pure and good. And it, are they in like a glass house? There are many windows in the house. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Pretty in much. In the trailer, it looks like yeah, like yeah. Their bedroom is entirely glass. Okay, okay. Their bedroom is entirely glass, so that when they're sleeping, yeah, they can look up at the stars. Beautiful and terrifying. Yeah. I would not want they're, it. They're, they're completely secluded. There's no neighbors. There's no one around them. So yeah, that night they're like laying in bed. They just have like a long conversation about planets and the sky and they're stroking each other's hair, laying f- like face to face in bed. They love each other. Am I setting that scene? <laughs> Seems like they, they do love each other. Each other. Um, in a pure and good way i'm trying not to get emotionally attached because i know how bad it's about to get so i'm trying to pretend like i'm not understanding how much they love each other but i think that means i do understand <laughs> i think how you much do they love each i other. think you do you're already bracing yourself yeah mm-hmm. you're um, pushing their love away because you don't want it to hurt you <laughs> it's a defense mechanism <laughs> but it's not that pure <laughs> <laughs> whatever sounds stupid my next note is just visual masterpiece and i was just i guess really blown away by the visuals at this point and i was texting with jenna how the fuck am i gonna describe this movie and she said do you want me to write a poem for you <laughs> 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 or paint a watercolor and you a watercolor wouldn't be great for a podcast no it wouldn't <laughs> but it's just this movie is art is what is what we're trying to say. So then we see them on the lake. They're on a boat on the lake. They're, they, their house is right next to this big, beautiful lake. And then they're back inside. He's napping on the couch. She wakes him up, says, you're having a bad dream. You're making noises. Are you okay? And he says, oh, you know, I just, yeah, I guess I was having a pretty bad dream. Sometimes I feel like we should move away from this place. She's like, no, this is our little oasis. And he's like, okay, like stroking her hair. And then she tells him this story of, she says, did I ever tell you about when I was a kid and my dad, it was me and my brother and some of my friends. And my dad came up with a bag of like a a sack of little baby starlings, the birds, and told us he was going to teach us how to kill them. And... Mm -hmm took one out of the bag and he had a crowbar and he hit it so hard that it it went deep into the ground like a little grave and he said each of you need to learn how to do that because starlings are a pest they're a nuisance and like this is what needs to be done and made each of the kids take a turn and oh my god and a red says what did you do and she said when it was my turn i just cried and ran away and he's he just is like, oh, my God, that's awful and embraces her again. Just a perfect couple. <laughs> loves you so much. He loves her so much. He's Supportive, just like, listening yeah. to her traumas and reacting appropriately. <laughs> God, that sounds amazing. Uh, next day, she's reading from a, a book, kind of a fantasy looking book. It's all just like very moody in the beginning. It's all very slow, kind of setting the mood. And, and it looked very, I don't know if this is from the beginning, but in the trailer, the light is very like blue and starry and like, I'd say very cool tones. Yeah. And then it definitely changes at a certain point. And yeah. And very red tones. It's very red later on. This is a little more 
cool and actually we're right about to get to the red stuff the red stuff oh no that can't be good um so she she walks down a road and this is entirely red lighting it's as if it's in, like the color palette is just red and black and she's walking and she sees headlights coming a car coming this all like super slow-mo johan johansson's beautiful score she's on the shoulder of the road it's driving past her we go inside the car and see inside the car there's five people three men and two women and there's one man in the back who is looking at mandy and like staring at her and they make eye contact and pass her and it freeze frames on her on him locking eyes on her and then we get another title card they're kind of like chapter cards that says children of the new dawn and then we cut to what is this like group of it they're basically a cult the people in this van are a cult led by uh jeremiah sand who is played by linus roach so okay so we go into um a bedroom where jeremiah sand who is the cult leader of this cult is talking to an older woman and she's saying um you know what's wrong he's in a bad mood we get the vibe that she's what would the saying be she drank the she drank the juice (laughs) she's like she drank the kool-aid she's basically kneeling at his side saying what can i do what can i do what's wrong he's an asshole to her he's really rude to her and just like screams at her and eventually he's like go get me brother swan like i don't want to talk to you and so an, the mm. the oldest uh man in this group brother swan comes in he's played by ned dennehy oh and the older woman's name was mother marlene brother swan comes in and Jeremiah Sand says, I need you to get me that girl that I saw. Mm. No. Um, so he's... So he was in the back of the car? He was in the back. Weird spot for the leader. Uh, well, he's being chauffeured, though. Yeah, right. he's being okay. chauffeured. I picture him, like, squished in the middle of a minivan backseat <laughs> like I was on road trips. No, he has window. He's got window. He's not riding bitch. He's at the window. He's not riding bitch. Okay. <laughs> Um, Brother Swan says, consider it done. And Jeremiah says, do you have, do you still have the Horn of Braxis? And he pulls something out of his pocket. And it's like a little, almost like conch shell horn. And so he pulls it out. He's like, yes, I have the Horn of Braxis. And Jeremiah Sand says, you know what to do. And then they look through the hallway. They can see a few other people in their crew. And there's a blonde, curly-haired, kind of cherub-looking man. And Jeremiah says, offer up lard ass over there. And they have a good laugh about that, like a couple of jerks. Don't like that. Mm-mm. And then Jeremiah says, okay, great. You've got that covered, basically. Now send in Sister Lucy. And this young girl comes in looking Ugh. scared. And then we cut. Thank God. Yeah, it's super creepy. So then we cut to Mandy working basically the counter of a convenience store type place. And Mother Marlene 
comes in and buys some things like she's scoping her out. Uh, Mother Marlene is trying to get some info out of Mandy and gets that they live down by the lake. Mandy lets that slip and is Mandy seems a little disconcerted by the conversation. She's like, oh, this lady's weird, but whatever. And Mother Marlene leaves. Cult participants would have so much more success if they could just not be so obviously weird. (laughs) Which I know is like why they joined cults to be okay with. But it's like (laughs) literally just be normal. Like be normal. Yeah. And we'll join you. Yeah. That's the key to authoritarianism. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because if you're normal enough, you just take over like the entire world. (laughs) You don't just actually a a good point. (laughs) Yeah. It's for the best that they're all fucking freaks. Yeah, you're right. I take it back. I take it back. Um, but to tie into that, she says as she leaves, see you later, which is officially mm-hmm. a creepy thing to say when you leave. Don't say see you later. Nobody ever say see you later. If to you're me. a stranger, if you're a stranger, don't say see you later. Yeah. To someone. No. OK. And then we go to we're at nighttime now and the other men of the group I'm not going to remember their names, but there's an older guy that's a Jeremiah Sand follower and then kind of a young, dumb guy and the muscle guy. Old guy, young guy, muscle guy and the and the man that they the were going to maybe sacrifice. And the sacrifice yeah. guy. The old guy gets out of the car and um, takes out the horn of Braxis and blows into uh, it. And it's a little... The lighting is really cool. It's all foggy and red and spooky and nighttime. And then he gets back into the car and the young dumb guy's like, now what? He's like, now we wait. And this is one of my favorite scenes. Then the young dumb guy just like rolls his window up and down a bunch of times, like very obnoxiously. (laughs) There is something so funny about being immediately bored. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Yeah, the stakes are so high. (laughs) I'm so bored. I'm so bored. You're just immediately bored. He does it for about a minute. And then he says, how long do you think we have to wait? (laughs) He's like, I don't know. Just just wait. We're waiting. And then you hear some uh, motorcycles coming up, headlights coming. And he's like, "Okay, here they come. Four fucking crazy dudes approach. Uh, They're on... ATVs, not motorcycles. That's what those are called, right? The uh, off-roading type like, looking yeah, bikes. Yeah, like dirt, dirt, burp, dirt bikes. Dirt bikes, but four-wheel. <laughs> dirt, dirt. It really burp, dirt bikes. Dirt bikes. Dirt bikes. And I'm going to try to differentiate them, but it's tough. So one of them is easy because he has nails all over his body. He's basically looks like a mm-hmm. Hellraiser type thing with yeah he's covered in spikes wait you, you mean nails, nails are driven pointing into out. his body you know wait, pointing out i you know it's hard to know yeah pointing out pointing out like he's wait a, the nails are the nails are in in his skin or they're just like you a don't covering, really get like a good armor. you don't really get a good look at them and it's um an interesting part of this film that we can't it's never really made clear if they are supernatural or if they are men in suits. <laughs> There's a little bit. There's a little bit of info we get. Horror movies always do that. They try to blur that line in an attempt to be Henley, like esoteric great. and more intriguing. And it just pisses me off, to be honest. <laughs> but okay. 
Um, I love it. I eat it up and I think it's great. So, so he's spiky man. We've got spiky man. <laughs> and then we've got like one of those spiky lizards, but a man. The spiky lizard man. And then we've got um one that has just nails on his arm. So he has like spiky arm, but he's like a spiky lizard, but just an arm. <laughs> <laughs> but he's also huge. So we're gonna call him really big guy. Okay. <laughs> and then we've got one that's like slimy and watery and thin and every step he takes is like slushy like he just sounds like he's made of like soaking wet water so he's a water lizard he's a water lizard he's nasty and then what are we gonna call him water lizard water lizard (laughs) no slimy guy slimy guy okay and spiky guy really big guy was the other one spiky guy big guy slimy guy and then okay. I, I think I'm going to call this guy the leader guy. He has things like jutting out of his spine. He has like a spiny spine, spiky spine. Like a dinosaur? Yeah, like a stegosaurus almost. And he also has the sloshy thing happening. He's got, it sloshes when he steps anywhere and it's nasty. And they all, every everyone's voice, all of their voices are like, like they sound like monsters and... Every move they make sounds like monsters. So they're presented to us as as otherworldly. Wait, can I ask a quick question? Yes. How does the, how does the voice compare to the 30 days of night voice? Similar? Well, they're speaking English, so it's kind of an echoey, deep voice. So they so the first thing he says, so the leader walks up to the old guy and they give him a big mason jar of blood and he chugs it and it's dripping blood down his mouth what? and he goes blood for blood <laughs> oh gross um i think it's scarier than the 30 days a night voice for me i it think it sounds scarier but it's like affected it's like um like echoey kind of so yeah he says blood for blood they're making a deal so this is the old guy making a little sacrifice to these four creepy dudes. And then we see, we go back to Mandy and Red eating dinner, kind of a TV dinner, watching TV. And then they go to bed and then the music gets so good. I actually cried. The music was so good at this part. (laughs) Um, And it pans and the forest lights up red and you see all of their silhouettes like coming towards the house while they're asleep. (gasps) And then we see inside their bedroom and it's strobe lighting, real crazy. Their silhouettes are nuts because, again, they have spiky nails coming out of their bodies. And they they get on top of both of them. They're on top of Mandy and Red, kind of pinning them down. They get in their house? They get in the house. And then Mandy, uh, excuse me, Red gets punched and knocked out. And Mandy's just looking at her unconscious husband as she gets um, taken away. And then it cuts to black. And we hear Mother Marlene's voice saying, you know, it's okay. Those scary men are gone now. Those, those scary men are gone. They did their job. They're not coming back. I bet you're wondering where your hubby is. He's fine. He's fine. And he- Ew, she said hubby. Yeah, she says hubby. he says he's fine and he'll stay that way if you do what you're told and Mm. then um mandy is tied to a the 
lights come up and we see that she is tied to a dining room chair with sister Lucy and mother Marlene on either side of her. Then mother Marlene stands up and sister Lucy stands up and grabs Mandy's head and holds her eye open. And mother Marlene gets a dropper and drops something in her eye. And then (laughs) grabs a jar with a fucking huge, nasty wasp bee. It's like the size of like, I don't know, a fist. It's so big. Oh no, Henley, oh no. Were you not going to mention that bees were a part of this movie? (laughs) Were Um, you just going to ignore that? Simi, were you not going to mention that? (laughs) I'm mentioning it Um, now. Weird. Thought you were my friend. <laughs> um, Thought you understood my current situation. Ooh, I'd okay. call it more of a wasp. I think it's shaped more like a wasp. It's nasty. And it's in liquid, but it is alive. And they pull it out with kind of tweezery things. And it's twitching mm. and nasty. And they hold it up. And she says, keep still, keep still. And it no. stings her in her neck. And Mandy is <sighs> screaming in pain. And then we get a slow push in on Mandy as her pupils get enormous. Just in the one eye or did she get no, drops both in of both them. eyes? It's basically, uh, um, I believe, acid that they dropped in her eye and then a crazy bee, bee sting that they stung her with. Or wasp sting. And um, Wasp. Uh, I mean, a wasp, a wasp. Not a bee. Not a bee. Not a bee. <laughs> I would have told Henley if it was a bee. <laughs> then we get into like a crazy trippy drug scene. Every, it's the the cinematography in the scene is so fucking cool and the color correction and I don't know visual effects in it so they bring Mandy into this room they all seem like they're everyone's on drugs it's like a big acid trip and Jeremiah Sand is in this amazing robe and he says to Mandy you called out to me silently you don't know it yet but we're soulmates type of thing and mm-hmm. Um, he says classic, classic cult leader. Yeah. Conversation. And a lot of it there. I read some trivia was that there's a lot of similarities with Charles Manson again in that. um, Well, something that's about to happen is he puts on his (laughs) record of he he has made some music. He's a failed musician, which Charles Manson was and was apparently very angry whenever anyone would insult his music. Um, well, that's why that he went to that house, right? The um, or why he had his followers go and kill Sharon Tate. Mm. It was a house of a record producer who mm. had like turned him down. Okay, okay. That they had moved out, but he still didn't care. He was right, like, it was Roman Polanski there now, but he was like, yeah. still that's mad nice. about it. Yeah, yeah. Cult leaders are crazy, is what it is. <laughs> you can believe it. <laughs> um, so. He says, God gave me many gifts and many ways to express my love. And then he walks over to the record player and he says, do you like the Carpenters? I think they're astounding. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But this is even better. And proceeds to put on his album and then shows and shows her the cover and it's him. It's like a like a very 70s looking cover of Jeremiah Sand. Uh, is that funny at all when this happens? 
it is funny yes yes okay and he's like basically like listen to how good my music is which is such a fucking funny thing that it sounds funny but (laughs) i can't tell if it was actually supposed to yeah he's like trying to charm her with his like dumb fucking music and she's tripping out of her mind and just like what the fuck is going on and then he leans up close to her and gives her a long like monologue about his relationship with god and he says you know i was in like the pit of despair and then he called out to me and he said that you are not separate from all that is and all that is is yours and he gave me permission to take what is so very much mine my wants my needs my pleasures and so he's basically just giving her a big speech about how he's like almighty and he deserves everything but this shot is really fucking cool because it's a close-up on him and it slowly morphs into her and then back into him there's no cutting but it's just like a it's like a it's like a shot reverse shot without a cut so it's just changing it's really fucking cool so then he he after he gives her his long little speech about how he's basically the chosen one and he stands up and says you're a special one mandy i too am a special one let us be so very special together and disrobes and is standing there naked in front of her and do we get full frontal we get some full frontal and he says be gentle oh god and and then we're hearing the song and it turns to her and we see her sitting in her little chair and she says you made this song and he says yes i did and she says and it's about you because the the lyrics of the song are about how Jeremiah Sand is like a, an amazing guy. <laughs> he wrote a song basically about how he's the chosen one and he's amazing. And he says, yes, it is. And she starts laughing and then can't stop laughing and laughs harder and harder. And then he gets really mad And he's like, shut up, shut up. And while she's laughing, he starts jerking, like angrily jerking off. And he's like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. And then he looks at all of the, so everyone else is also still in the room. Like it's all of the, all of the cult is in there. And he looks at all of them. He's like, don't look at me. Don't look at me. Nobody look at me. And it has like shots of each of them kind of averting their eyes. And um, she's just like, ha, ha, ha. And her, her laugh is getting like blended into crazy noises. So it's like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Like her laugh no. sounds evil. And he's just like jerking off like, meh. <laughs> oh my god um so it didn't go how jeremiah sand was hoping <laughs> he hated <it> so much <laughs> and then we cut to red nicholas cage who is tied up with his hands above his head his wrists are bound with barbed wire outside of his house and he has barbed wire wrapped around his head <gasps> Uh, through his mouth like he's gagged with barbed wire and so he's like bleeding from his wrists and his mouth and we just get a shot of where he is at and then we go back to jeremiah sand who has 
now walked into a little room by himself and he's now looking in a mirror and freaking out and he says tell me what to do 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 and this part is why i think he should win an oscar <laughs> i mean you can't really <laughs> retroactively win an oscar but i think he should still should <laughs> for this <laughs> um and he is basically like begging his reflection and then his face kind of go- goes blank and he looks himself in the eye and says don't ever doubt yourself and then has like a little sigh of relief like he knows what to do now and then we go back to red and he's tied up and the cult arrives there and marches up to him jeremiah sand is leading walks up to him says you and your nasty whore or something like that and says you think you're so in love he's all pissed off and says i'll show you love and brings in sister lucy oh no and whispers some whispers something in her ear and then pulls a gun out and puts one bullet in the barrel does a little russian roulette situation spins it hands it to lucy makes her kneel and hold the gun to her head and she looks really scared and she pulls the trigger and it was not the bullet. So she like sighs a little breath of relief and Jeremiah Sands like, see, like that's what love is, which is, you know, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> which is, you know, incorrect, wrong. incorrect. As, as we all here know, it's not, it's not right. It's, it's not right. Listeners. That's not love. That's not love. That's not love. Um, and then he he like is disgusted with red, and he says, "Poor stupid pigs, born without souls." And he's just talking about how like how much red disgusts him, and he thinks he's less than human. Which is, I guess, another thing that Charles Manson did was referred to people as pigs that he didn't want to have to think of as human. Mm. And then they bring out a sword-looking thing, like a little dagger. And they stab him in the stomach with it. And they say to him, Jeremiah says, we wasted the chemist's finest on your whore. But I think you'll both see the cleansing power of fire cannot be reasoned with. And then they go to the truck and they pull Mandy is in a sleeping bag and they hoist her up on on a swing set so she's like um hanging from a swing set in a sleeping bag and they light her on fire and they burn no! and they burn her alive in front of red <gasps> what yeah and so he watches I, her i didn't like, see that coming i mean I didn't see that death happening as quickly as it as it does well it's at, i mean it feels it's quick. at exactly an hour so she she dies. She dies. And his performance is so good. I just it was so Jenna and I watched it at the same time last night and I was just texting her nonstop like, oh, my God, this acting, this acting is so good. <laughs> Everyone is so good in it. So it does kind of slow reaction shots of each of them watching her burn. So we see Nicolas Cage screaming, crying and everyone else kind of laughing they're all enjoying it we see sister lucy is sad she's kind of shedding a tear mother marlene is happy because 
Mandy was a threat to her. She loves Jeremiah. And yeah, they burn they burn her alive. And then they get in their car and drive away. Like everyone from the cult gets in their car and drives away? Yeah. They just leave him there because he's been stabbed in the stomach. So they're basically leaving him for dead. But he wakes up the next morning. His wrists are so bloody and punctured by all the barbed wire. But because he's, I think, slept a little bit, the weight has pulled his wrist down. So he's able to get his hands out. His hands, his wrists are like fucked up. They're really cut up. And then he pulls the barbed wire out of his face. And he is just not in good shape. This is fucking crazy. I love it. <laughs> um, It's really crazy and really sad. And um, so he so he gets out of the barbed wire and crawls over to her ashes, basically. Oh. And there is a, sc- a skull oh. and he's looking at it and crying. And then a gust of wind comes and literally her skull dissolves like her skull has been burned. It's incredibly sad and he walks inside he's in a state of shock he gets inside and he sees the shirt that she was wearing like they dropped they took her shirt off and left it inside so it's it's the it's like a baseball tee that says 44 on it he grabs it and smells it he's in shock and grieving and then on the tv A commercial starts playing for macaroni and cheese where the mascot is called Cheddar Goblin and it's the craziest (laughs) macaroni and cheese commercial and it's all these little kids being like Cheddar Goblin and Cheddar Goblin runs around and vomits macaroni and cheese on all of the little kids heads and they're like and they're like Cheddar Goblin now with 25% more cheese and um red <laughs> is just kind of blank faced watching this insane commercial the commercial by the way is directed by the same director that did too many cooks chris kelly is his name and um so red is watching this crazy commercial and then mumbles to himself Ch- cheddar goblin <laughs> <laughs> and it's a very funny scene after the the most heartbreaking scene and I love it so much because it's so it's so like life doesn't fucking care about your problems and just keeps going. Yeah. And just the first thing you see after you watch your wife burn is a cheddar goblin yeah. mac and cheese commercial. Exactly. So shit is really ramping up. Um, Almost. Yes. Oh, my God. It hasn't even ramped up. Not yet. really. Not yet. Um, But OK, so after the cheddar goblin commercial, he goes into his bathroom and this is the i think famous scene of the movie if anyone has seen a scene from the movie it's this scene this scene is going to end up in a lot of nicholas cage compilations of like craziest nick cage moments which is a real shame because it's actually a very heartbreaking scene it makes me cry every time i see it and in the theater a lot of people laughed at it just because it's very like kind of by the book Nicolas Cage freaking out but it's so earned like he's just watched his wife fucking burn to death and so he he goes into this bathroom he's in a tiger baseball tee 
the wallpaper just the like set design of this bathroom is amazing the wallpaper is amazing he he goes into a bottom drawer in the bathroom pulls out a bottle of vodka and just starts chugging it and he's just crying and chugging it and screaming and he just kind of alternates between screaming and crying and chugging it and oh my god i'm gonna cry right now it's just like it's so it's such a like gut punch it's so guttural and Mm -hmm. emotional and i don't know he just really like lets it all out and it's so fucking sad to me that's like the beauty of casting nick cage is that he will do that like he will go there he's like going to a place that a lot of people are too scared to go to and some of the times it's like not called for but in this it's very much called for and it's like yeah you would be fucking losing it at this point yeah this this is a perfect example of a movie where i really want to watch it but i'm way too scared all the rest of the shit the scary shit i feel like I know you said it didn't even ramp up yet. Um, <laughs> I'm so scared. Well, the violence—it just the violence really ramps up in the second half. I'd say some of the scarier stuff is the first half, and then yeah, and then it just becomes like a revenge. I mean, watching watching your wife burn alive is—I right. don't know how you um, ramp up higher than that. To be honest, definitely one of the worst things that could happen. So yeah, so it it's starts from him screaming to crying and then he's like "Ah, ah, ah," and like ready to to go out and yeah get get some of that sweet sweet revenge (laughs) (laughs) and so we cut to him going to a mobile home and this character's name is Carruthers there's a man and he knocks on his door and says I came for the reaper and he goes in and it's a crossbow and he kind of quietly grabs it <laughs> and then he sits there quietly for a second and he's like okay i'll get out of your hair <laughs> like, <laughs> and huh? then um Crothers is played by bill duke who is um in predator and he's really great in this too the casting overall is great everyone in this is so good i think this is a perfect movie <laughs> and then Crothers is like, well, wait, what you what you going to do with that? And he says, I'm going hunting. And he says, so what you hunting? And he says, Red says, Jesus freaks. And Crothers mm-hmm. says, didn't know they were in season. <laughs> and it just really makes me laugh. And then he's like, well, tell me, like, what did they do? What did they do? And Red cries again and he says they set her on fire they set her on fire and he's crying and he's like it didn't make sense though there was like bikers and gnarly psychos like the muscle like i don't know and crothers is knowingly like oh the black skulls the black skulls um yeah they used to run lsd and the LSD manufacturer took a disliking to them and cooked them up a special batch. And then they were never the same again. The, those oh. are the monstery people. Yes. Yeah. And that's pretty much all of the, I don't know, uh, mythology we get of them. Okay. Um, and- but there is some mythology, which is honestly kind of a relief because often they choose, movies choose not it's to. It's like just the perfect amount. It's just like enough that. to make it. I love, yeah, I love when movies do that. It's like, just give me a line. And then I'll right. be like, okay, fine. I'm on board with that in this world. Cool. Um, 
And yeah, so he says they were never the same. And just know that the odds are stacked against you. If you go up against them, you'll probably die. And Red says, don't be negative. (laughs) (laughs) And he says that he saw them one time only from a distance and they were writhing in pain. And he says, here's the weird part. They fucking loved it. Ew. So then he goes to, I I mean, I guess his house <laughs> and forges a battle axe. He like melts metal. <laughs> oh, that's it's in, the in the trailer. Pours it in this fucking crazy mold. He's making an axe that's basically a blade on every, every side. It's the bottom is a stabby blade. The top is an axe blade. <laughs> the, the hook of the back of the axe is like a serrated knife. It's crazy. Oh, I am not going to yeah. like this em- device. Emily does not <laughs> like this one. Though. And then <laughs> not a fan and of this knives, is where not a fan of this is where the whole I mean, the, the whole tone of the movie changes. The speed of the movie changes. The music changes. So we went from kind of Mandy's more ethereal theme to this kind of more like we're getting a little more rock and roll (laughs) (laughs) and um so he forges this battle axe and then we get the mandy title card at an hour and 15 minutes into the movie whoa hell yeah i kind of like that that's that's cool cool. isn't that fun yeah, yeah, that's fun. I've, Where it's I like, all seen right, that here's the fucking movie. That was the prequel. Yeah. <laughs> here's the movie. This is when the action now starts. We're fucking okay. In it. Um, we have a battle axe now. Cut to Red in his car driving. He gets scouts a little spot where he sets up with his crossbow, looking down on the road from tucked away in the forest. He's aiming at the road. The four guys on their ATVs are driving by. He's aiming at each of them, doesn't know which one he's going to shoot. He goes with the one at the back, who happens to be the um, spiny guy, spiky guy. The all over spiky guy or the guy with spikes in his spine? All over spiky guy. All over spiky guy, okay. And knocks him off his ATV and then runs and gets in his car. And as the guy is getting up from the ground, runs over him with his car but then that flips his car because this guy's basically like made of metal. Like he's big. Yeah, and like that's going to pop your tires. Oh, it this does. man is a bunch of spikes. It does. It does. And he flies off and his car flips and he like tumbles off the shoulder of the road and it cuts to black. Anytime he's asleep, there's a he has a dream that's kind of an animated sequence of Mandy that I think is meant to be kind of in her kind of storybook style. But they're always kind of creepy. I'm not going to talk too much about them because they're just kind of, I don't know, just kind of a cool little additive thing that doesn't really add to the story too much. But so he has a little dream about her and then wakes up in this. He's chained. He's handcuffed to a pipe in um, slimy guy's room. Sloshy, sloshy, slimy guy. (laughs) I hate this guy. Um, no. What happened to Spanky Guy? Did he die? I think he died, yes. Oh, cool. So he's killed one of the four. And um, Slither Guy like wakes up and walks over to him. And his hand is now nailed to the ground through the center of his hand. 
and slimy guy punches him in the face and red notices that when he punches him it loosens the pipe that he is handcuffed to so then he starts antagonizing slimy guy to get him to keep punching him because each time it's loosening it up more and more and then finally he says something like you he's the line is you are such a vicious snowflake and then pulls the pipe out and whacks slimy guy over the head and knocks him they were kind of standing over this opening and he falls down into like a few stories down into the house basically and so he he got he got rid of him and then he pulls the nail out of his hand (laughs) and gets up and finds a box cutter on slimy guy's desk you hate to see a box cutter even i hate a box cutter Mm. i can deal with a knife a box cutter i really fucking hate (laughs) Mm. and then makes his way into the main part of the house so he is in the upstairs part of the house goes into the upstairs hallway is looking room to room and sees in one room an old couple who has been murdered and the old man is bent over the bed naked as if someone was having sex with him and his butt is covered in blood and it's real oh my god oh my god wait 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 wait, wait why like wait hold on what's the implication well, here? we're gonna find out pretty um, soon here the okay. implication so then quickly we he moves downstairs and big guy big 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 bad guy with one spiky arm Mm-hmm. is watching porn of someone doing it doggy style and we get a close up on he has a knife taped around his dick. And so I think the implication is that he raped him with a knife dick like in 7. Like okay, wait, hold on. The old couple he raped the guy and what happened to the woman or I imagine wait. something similarly bad. Okay. Just the it's implication a is that it's their house and that they've stolen it from them and like killed them and taken their house. This house is covered in trash. It's nasty, disgusting. Like uh, the 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 big guy has a big pile of coke in front of him. Like they're doing drugs. Well, you know, I don't like the trash part. It's messy <laughs> as heck. <laughs> the messiness is just unacceptable. Yeah, they're living in in squalor. Do what you will, but clean up after yourselves. <laughs> so. Red is sneaking up on Big Guy with his box cutter in hand, and God, I hate this. We see Big Guy watching his porn and notice, we see his eyes notice the reflection of Red coming up behind him. So Red thinks he's got Mm. the upper hand and then lunges, but Big Guy was ready for it, grabs him, flips him, crashes him onto the table. They get in a crazy fight and big guy is like coming at him with his knife dick and the knife dick. Is he naked? No, but I mean, maybe they're I don't know. They're really hard to describe. I don't know. They None of them really have skin. <laughs> they're just like, I don't know. They're crazy. Okay. creepy guys. <laughs> maybe he's naked, but his dick is out. His dick is out at least. Or maybe he worked it into his costume. <laughs> Great. Okay. So he kind of comes out red with his knife dick and misses. And so his knife dick stabs into the ground and kind of he gets cut caught in the in, <laughs> in the, <Aww>. in the <laughs> carpet. 
and Red uses that box cutter. Henley hates it. <laughs> um, Physical comedy at its, it's best. great. And so he's the big guy is on top of Red and Red uses his box cutter to slit his throat and it explodes blood onto his face like a waterfall of blood going into his face and mouth. And he's just laughing and like <laughs> getting all that blood in his mouth. He is blood thirsty at this point and then like tosses big guy off of him. And this is where your Halloween costume comes into play because your face is covered. Well, and there's another aspect that's about to come up, too. So, oh, we haven't even gotten the full blood effect. So yet. he, so okay. he stands up and is like, "Cool, I just killed that guy." And then a gunshot shoots into the TV, and he turns, and slimy guy is still alive and has got like it. a shotgun shooting at him, and he just runs up to him. They get knocks the gun out of his hand. Slimy guy grabs a knife and does a little stabby stabby. Red knocks it away. Bum 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 knocks the knife out of his hand, grabs his head, snaps his neck, and, like, turns to camera, like, <laughs> like, in a really funny way. <laughs> and then he turns to the table, grabs a little shard of glass, and takes a big old line of cocaine. He's like, <laughs> and he's amped and ready to kill the rest of them. So he's now killed three of the monster guys. There are four of them. Wow. We still got a cult. We still got a cult, to. but we're we're working our way through. We're getting there. Oof. Um, and so then he goes to the kitchen. He gets back his battle axe that he forged himself and his arrows and some of those little spiky things that help you pop tires. And um, then he sees this little jar of some substance and smells it. And he's like, hmm. And he dips his finger into it. And then licks it. And then it's a crazy sequence of cuts of his head melting and explosions and the sun. And it's this very stylized, crazy, like drug trippy thing that was what I remember when I saw it the first time. It was like the biggest jump scare for me just because it's so like insane and loud. Um, But so then his pupils get really big. And so this is like his little acid trip portion of the film. Um, He grabs all his weapons. He's ready to go. And he jumps out the window and I think he jumps out of a second story window and he just doesn't care. He's like, <laughs> I don't care. And I mean, he's already been stabbed and barbed wire. Yeah, no, yeah. All the worst things that could have happened, happened. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what a lot of this is. It's kind of just like, you know, what does he have to lose? Mm -hmm. So then he goes outside. He's got his crossbow and he's aiming. We see the last of the monstery guys, demony guys, I guess is a better word for them. Um, standing at a burning car and he shoots a crossbow into the back of this guy's neck and the guy doesn't even react. So you're like, oh, he's already dead. But then from the front, the guy grabs the arrow and pulls it out of his throat and blood is like pouring out of it. And he's like coughing, but not dead and ready to fight also so there's definitely some like supernatural thing because this would definitely have been a kill shot on a human but he turns around they get in the i like how you call it a kill shot so casually <laughs> well uh, uh, you're like this would be would have been a kill shot but it wasn't like you're in the cia and you are reviewing photos <laughs> <laughs> i watched too many movies <laughs> 
It was good. I like it. So they get in a big, a big fight. And and which one is this guy? The sort of slimy guy? This is the sort of slimy guy, Stegosaurus with the spine. This is like the leader guy. The leader guy. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. And they get in a big crazy fight, hand-to-hand combat. Red has his axe. So he's kind of shoves him up against the car and hooks the back of the axe around his neck. And the guy says, she's still burning. And then that's when we get the shot from the trailer where he's like, and chop and chops his head off and decapitates him. And he's on fire at this point, the, the demon guy. And his head rolls away also on fire. Red's face is crazy. His eyes are bulging out of his head, basically. Like, he's so fucked up and... Yeah, he's now drank a <laughs> bunch of vodka, did a line of coke, dipped his tongue in acid, and murdered four people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> pretty amped. <laughs> he's pretty amped. It's a classic L.A. weekend. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to feel it in the morning. He's going to feel it in the morning, for sure. Um, But he's not done yet. Now he's got to find that cult. Keep on killing. Oh Keep on my God. killing. But he doesn't know where they are. So first he goes to the chemist, who is the the LSD guy, played by Richard Brake, who plays the Night King in Game of Thrones. Oh, creepy looking guy must be. <laughs> he is creepy looking, but he's really good. And so he's making a little sheet of acid, dipping it in the acid. I don't know how acid making (laughs) making the acid (laughs) dipping it in the ass (laughs) and he has you know drug stuff drug stuff um he has a tiger in a cage and uh red comes in and he senses him coming in and he the chemist is like very much also on acid so both of them are very much on drugs (laughs) he turns around (laughs) And says, this is, turns to the tiger and says, this is Lizzie. And he like licks his finger. So he's like doing more acid and says when Lizzie's calm, because the tiger is just laying down. He says, when Lizzie's calm, that's when I know it's good stuff. And then he has what I think is a telepathic conversation with the tiger and says Mm -hmm. like, what? You're right. And then opens the tiger cage. And the tiger gets out and kind of runs out. And Red is just like kind of staring ahead, not really reacting. And the chemist is like, bye, Lizzie. (laughs) And then goes to have his conversation with Red, where he says, you exude a cosmic darkness, which is one of my favorite lines. I love it. And he says, can you see it? And they look down at his feet and there's a bunch of nasty millipedes <laughs> crawling all over him. Ew. That, fe- that feels like a meme waiting to happen. You exude cosmic darkness. Then can you see it? And he looks down. <laughs> That's a three panel meme. Honestly, Henley's are for millennials. Me going into 2020. Yeah, Henley's our resident <laughs> meme maker. Henley, we got to make it happen. The chemist looks at Red and says... Oh, man, they wronged you. Like, he can see the pain in his eyes. And Red doesn't say anything in this whole scene. He's just staring at him, like, help me tell me where they are, basically, is what he's saying without saying anything. And then the chemist looks up at the sky and is just he just says, 
north. And then we cut to Nick Cage back on his ATV, headed north. He sees this kind of pyramid-looking temple church thing. He's spying on him from above, planning his attack. He sees a, the van driving that they were driving earlier. And mm. we go into the van and see that it is Brother Swan and Sister Lucy. And then we see from the front, Red has set out the spikes that he took earlier to pop their tires. So Sister Lucy, Sister Lucy is still alive. Sister Lucy is still alive. And so their tires pop and Brother Swan says, oh, what a nightmare and gets out of the car and immediately Red punches him in the face and then like punches him really fucking hard and you hear like a crack and blood is like pouring out of his like mouth and nose like something mm. internally broke. Oh, God, 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 God. And he says, she burned brightly, Mandy, don't you think? But so Red has his battle axe, which at the bottom part is a sword, basically, and puts the sword part in Brother Swan's mouth. Oh. And he's like still <gasps> trying to talk and be like, better to burn bright than not for And he goes and like shoves ah! it through the back of his throat. And it's like a spurt of blood, and he's like, <laughs> like choking oh, on blood for a while. It's a pretty nasty death. Oh. And then no, Sister Lucy gets out of the van and is looking terrified at them. And Red kind of walks up to her and looks at her for a moment and then keeps moving and leaves her there. Mm. How old do we think Sister Lucy is again? She looks like young, early 20s, I'd say. Okay. Then we cut to the young dumb guy who is who is <laughs> given given him his car car wash and then you just see the axe spiraling through the air and it lands bang in his in his skull. Nicholas Cage is like uh, do they teach you um like archery and logging or what's going on? I mean I guess he's impressive. hunted with this crossbow before, right? I was in the Reddit thread last night and someone said, do you think he was are. maybe a, a Vietnam War vet? Because it's an 83 and he is in his 50s. That makes sense. So I feel like I buy that. That totally makes sense. I think sense. that tracks. Oh, I like that a lot. Yeah. It's never mentioned. Yeah, I like that too. What time of day? This is night. This is still night. He's watching his car at night. That's yeah, weird. pretty weird. Has, is it still like black <laughs> and red? Uh, mostly? Yes. Is that still like the color palette? Yes. Okay. Then he moves on and hears the, the what do you call muscle guy? He's like sitting, listening to music or something. And Red finds a chainsaw on the ground and is like, hell yeah, I'm a logger. I know how to use this and starts revving it, but it's not starting. But him revving it has obviously alerted the other guy to his presence. And other guy kind of mm. laughs at him and grabs another chainsaw. That just keeps coming, and it's a very long chainsaw. It's, I think, probably five feet. <laughs> so he's he's got the much bigger chainsaw. I like imagine that in logging, you would need pretty big chainsaws, right? I buy it. Yeah, I bet there's multiple sizes of chainsaws yeah. that you have to use. So Red has what I would call a normal size chainsaw. This guy has a jumbo extra large chainsaw. They get in a fucking cool chainsaw fight, and then. Big chainsaw guy knocks 
Red's chainsaw out of his hand, so it's just laying on the ground still going. And then Red hits his chainsaw out of his hand and then throws him on top of his no! chainsaw. And so we just see a shot from on top where blood is just spurting out of below him and it's crazy and gross. Hee <laughs> hee. The the chainsaw fight was never gonna end well. Emily. No, it was, I know, was never gonna end well. Something about landing on top of a work running chainsaw. Uh, uh, it's bad. It was. It's bad. It's really. Oh. Bad. So then Red goes into the temple, and first he goes into a room that Mother Marlene is in, and she sees him, and is kind of like, "Oh fuck," and. Mm immediately comes up to him and starts like, stroking his face, kind of hanging on him, being like, Jeremiah says I am the most sensual lover because I Ew. anticipate my lover's every move and because of my empathy. You're not anticipating what he wants right now, Marlene. Excuse <laughs> yeah. me. Does the man look horny, Marlene? <laughs> Does he look horny? Do you? He's covered head to toe in blood and cocaine. I don't think so. He's covered in cocaine head to toe. <laughs> head to toe. <laughs> um, so she's doing her best to seduce him. We cut to Jeremiah Sand in um this kind of big circular room where the light now is pulsing from dark to to kind of purpley, it's like blue and red. And he senses, Jeremiah senses someone coming and says, Don't come in here. God is in this room. And then Red throws Mother Marlene's head like a bowling ball into the room. Oh. And oh, yeah. He means business. Now I'm certain. <laughs> he is not playing He's around. He's not playing around. Not. And then. Jeremiah kind of screams and jumps and is like, oh, my God, and then sees Red and goes, oh, hi. <laughs> and uh, so Jeremiah Sand says to him, you can't you can't harm me. Um, look what he provides. It's all mine. This is all mine. You're just meat without a soul, without a brain without a spirit and this is my other favorite line red says uh, their voices are all echoey again too he says mm -hmm. the psychotic drowns where the mystic swims you're drowning i'm swimming pretty cool <laughs> um basically just calling him crazy and then um Jeremiah Sand says, you unholy abomination. You aren't even worth my spit and spits on the ground. He says, all that hate in your heart. I feel it. You carry it with you everywhere you go. And yes, you burnt my wife. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> let's not forget. And then correct. I hate you. And then Red is like slowly walking closer to him, getting closer. And then you see Jeremiah getting nervous and being like, but it's not too late. I can still save your soul. Like maybe we were brought together at this time. Like everything that happened was to lead you here to me right now for your salvation. I can save your soul. And Red's moving closer and closer 
and then grabs his head between his hands, grabs Jeremiah's head between his hands and like forces him down to his knees. And then Jeremiah starts kind of begging and he's like, please don't hurt me. Please don't hurt me. Please don't hurt me. And Red is not responding and he's just looking at him like, fuck you, holding his head. And then he's, uh, <laughs> Jeremiah says, I'll blow you, man. I'll suck your fucking dick. Is that what you want? <laughs> oh, my God. Red what? still doesn't say anything. These people don't understand what wanting sex looks like. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That's my biggest problem with this cult. <laughs> you know what? That's all I want. You wanted. know what? Yeah. You know what? I'm good. We'll call it even. <laughs> Just We're blow good me. now. <laughs> Just blow me, please. Um, but then Jeremiah gets one little last wind of um, righteousness and says, No. I don't kneel before you. You kneel before me. And then Red says, I'm your God now. And smushes his head in his hands. His eyes pop out of his head and blood explodes out of his mouth. It's like crazy. <laughs> Can you actually do that with your bare hands as a human? I guess so. I don't know. I guess if you're strong enough, you can. Crush someone's skull like that? I feel like okay. you probably could. All right. I feel like you could if you're strong enough. Why couldn't you? You could definitely do damage. It might not pop your eyes out of your head, but I'm sure it would it would <laughs> <laughs> it would at least do brain damage. You guys wanna try it? <laughs> no. No, let's try it. Um after the quarantine, obviously we're not being irresponsible. <laughs> <laughs> guys, we're socially distancing. <laughs> Don't break quarantine to try to squash my skull. <laughs> um, so so he killed them all. He did it. And then he sets them on fire, burns the whole mm. temple down, the underground lair and the, the church, and walks away, gets in his car and sits in his car he's covered in blood he's been through so staring much. ahead and we get a little flashback to the first time that he met mandy and this is very beautiful we get we go back to her the mandy theme this more ethereal kind of beautiful piece of music playing and it's them making eyes from across the room at a big party um and she's wearing the 44 shirt or no, he's wearing the 44 shirt. So it's the shirt he was wearing when Aww. they met. And she, upon seeing him, sheds a silent tear. And it's very beautiful. And it's unclear if it's, you know, him just thinking about her. But I like to think that when they met, she just cried because she loved him so much from the first moment she saw him. It's really beautiful. And... We're back in his car. He starts up the car. He's driving and turns to the passenger seat. She's sitting in the passenger seat. He's kind of, he's hallucinating her next to him. And it's just got a series of really great shots of back and forths of him looking at her lovingly, her smoking her cigarette, looking at him. And then we get like a real time shot of him with like an insane smile on his face because he's like, crazy now <laughs> like he's fucking lost it and then back to her and then we see a wide shot of the car driving and we pull out and it's basically like a 
sci-fi hellscape like again like a death metal album cover type thing with like saturn and jupiter planets in the background really close so it looks like they're on a different planet and that's it that's the end of the movie whoa so wait 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 is the implication with the last shot that they've been living in some kind of like dystopian future anyway i think it's all just very kind of storybook-esque and when he is also maybe still tripping and like not grounded in reality yeah so he doesn't die then he doesn't like kill himself or anything at the end he lives he's the only one that lives everybody else dies oh no sister sister lucy lived sister lucy wow one thing that i thought about while i was watching it is there's a margaret atwood quote that says men are afraid women will laugh at them and women are afraid men will kill them and her laughing at his music really encapsulates that because then he goes on to kill her (gasps) and i feel like it is just such an example of like (laughs) that exact oh yeah you can't embarrass embarrass men men. that's like the number one rule for women don't embarrass men otherwise like they'll murder you (laughs) so crazy but in this case it was true it's the truth that's how how, that's how the world that's how the world works um that's fucking horrible. Holy but that's shit. Unfortunately, the history also, of the world. Like another lesson would be make sure if you're going to do this, cult people, actually kill him. Right. Yeah. Don't, 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 don't leave him. Don't guess <laughs> that you killed him. Don't think or maybe. Assume. Don't make assumptions. <laughs> Just you make sure he's dead. You make sure he's dead. Uh, okay. Mistake. So this. This movie, I would definitely categorize in the movie similar to Hereditary, where I want to see it. I I feel like that's something that I need this to is, see. It's definitely, I listeners, if you're interested, I would say try it because it's such a visually stunning movie. It's one of my favorite, I think, viewing experiences probably ever. Like, it's so fucking cool it's feels like it's just art like it's a it's a one-of-a-kind movie and i think it's really worth watching if you feel up to it that said it is very violent But if you're like me yeah if you're like me and you're you're scared of the violence and you don't you don't have the cojones to actually watch it you know full screen in the dark fully i would say um you know you can always minimize your screen put it in the corner daytime watch during daytime work hours um have 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 one ear pot in maybe have the other out uh you know you have your have your cursor on the fast forward button just in case um but take a take a gander take a look i encourage you all to take a gander (laughs) i definitely cannot not even gander it i'm gonna take a gander i think i think you should um it's that's it though that's unfortunately not streaming free anywhere at the moment it is on shutter if you guys have a shutter subscription you know the the channel that is entirely for horror movies if any of you guys have that you could use that mm. um otherwise it's on amazon for 3.99 well worth it not a bad price i'm curious to watch this director's previous film which is called beyond the black rainbow and because i listened to an interview with him where he said beyond the black rainbow was he he wrote both of them around the same time and he said beyond the black rainbow was more him bottling up all of his grief and what that feels like Mm. and that this movie was supposed to be him expressing like letting it all out i think grief is the scariest biggest deepest 
Well, but it's powerful. also something that everybody experiences. So there's something, um, I guess, just cathartic about watching it in a horror movie because mm. you can relate. Mm-hmm. Maybe not on the same level. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sammy, that was so good. You did a great job. You did a great job, it. Sammy. Thank I you think so you much. did it justice. I was very nervous. You recapped it. Honestly, you did a great job. You did a really good job. I was taken there and I'm in that emotional state right I'm now. I'm glad to hear it because this is a tough movie to describe with words because there's so many elements in it that transcend words, you know? <laughs> mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Sammy, I think you were really good at doing the voices from this movie. Yeah, you could. Or if you want, if we could all say goodbye, but you could then add in and add up. Can you add in like an audio yeah, filter maybe after I'll try the to facts do that. in post? In, add it in that post. That could be fun. I could try to replicate what it's supposed to sound like. Yeah, do it in post. From all of us here. You all exude the cosmic darkness. And... Goodbye. 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 <laughs> Emily's mad. Hi guys, Sammy here. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. Ooh, I love Mandy um very much. Uh did I convince you to see the movie? If so, please let me know. I will be very proud. If you like the podcast, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate us or write us a review. That helps other people find the podcast and it brings us a lot of joy. You can also subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts and follow us on social media at TSDW Podcast. We are on Instagram and Twitter and Stardust. And on Instagram, we will be doing polls for our May movies. So if you want to help us decide what movies to do, make sure to follow us there. And that's it. That's all. Um, Love you guys a lot. 